Welcome to the Connected Table Sips on iHeartRadio. We are your insatiably curious culinary couple, Melanie Young and David Ransom. We bring you the dynamic people who work front and center and behind the scenes in food, wine, spirits, and hospitality. Ours is a delicious life, and we want to share it with you. The Counts family has had a long and fruitful history in California agriculture. When Frederick and Marie Counts came to America from Germany and acquired farmland in Lodi, their son, John Counts, switched to premium grape growing in 1968 with considerable success. He established his first winery in 1988. And over 30 years, the family's land holdings grew throughout Lodi and Sierra foothills. One of the family's crown jewels is Ironstone Vineyards in Calaveras County, which has been called the Queen of the Sierras for its optimum growing conditions that produce a wide range of wines from Chenin Blanc and Chardonnay to Cabernet Franc and Zinfandel. To tell us more about Ironstone Vineyards, we're joined by Joan Couts, daughter to John and Gail Couts. Joan handles global marketing and sales and has dramatically expanded the family's export business. Welcome, Joan. Hi, thank you. Joan, your ancestors came over from Germany to California in 1926 and settled near the Sierra foothills in the town of Lodi. What can you tell us about your family and its role in developing the wine business in Lodi and in the Sierra foothills? My grandparents came over from Germany following the American dream and I still can see and hear my grandmother talking about the American dream and just getting chills down your arms because they were so passionate about that. So they came over with basically no money. They found the opportunity to be farm workers in California, and this was in the Lodi area. And so they worked and saved up enough money finally to buy a small parcel of land And that was just a very typical family farm. When my father was graduating from high school, unfortunately, his father passed away and they couldn't afford for him to go to college anyhow. So he stayed and started building the family farm up to doing all sorts of commodities and eventually got into growing sweet cherries in Lodi. And then in 1968, he decided he wanted to plant wine grapes. And after years of growing sweet cherries, he knew that Lodi had a very ideal climate, microclimate for California with its warm summer days and the Pacific Ocean breezes coming through that he thought, you know, wine grapes would do very well. At the time, he went to the advisors and asked them, you know, what do you suggest we grow here? And they said, well, we know Zinfandel grows great there. And, you know, other varietals like Tokay and Mission and Carignan. So my father planted Chardonnay, Merlot and Cabernet. And, you know, had Chardonnay planted in Lodi for 10 years before anybody else and really just started building the operation up and expanding his vineyard holdings. And at that time, selling all of his grapes to other growers in California. And, you know, over time is when we decided to get more serious about our own brands. But I think him being a part of agriculture and really working the land himself and being out there um, was super important to the wine business, both for Lodi and for Murphy's and Sierra Foothills. We're curious for our listeners who may, you know, they're working out their mental map. Tell us about Lodi and the Sierra Foothills 
distance wise, where are they and how are they similar and how are they different in terms of terroir? A good way to explain it, and this is what makes Lodi so unique, is that when you look at California, there's only one break in all of California, right? And that's the San Francisco Bay. So Lodi, and this is when he was growing sweet cherries, he realized this, that Lodi, if you went north of uh, Sacramento or south of Stockton, so Lodi is about 90 miles east of San Francisco. And so if you went, you know, in either direction, sweet cherries didn't grow as well there. And the thing about it is, is, you know, you have through the Carquina Straits there and everything, you have those Pacific Ocean breezes coming through every evening, cooling Lodi. So as far as, you know, like the terroir, it tends to be a very um, bountiful area because you have a lot of the, you know, from the Sierra Nevadas to the Sierra foothills, soils coming down and all the nutrients and waters coming down. And that's through the San Francisco Bay, the Delta water system. So you've got thousands of miles of Delta that's basically going out to the Pacific Ocean. So that's where those breezes are coming back in toward Lodi every evening. Murphy's in the Sierra Foothills is about another 60 miles east. And the best way to kind of describe where the location is, is it sits somewhat between Lake Tahoe and Yosemite National Park. So you're up in the Sierra Foothills at the base of the Sierra Nevada mountains, but we're about 2,400, 2,600 feet elevation. So the soils up there tend to be very red, um, a lot of volcanic soils, a lot of granite. Uh, you'll see in our reserve wines often, there's tends to be a mineral note throughout them um, from wines that are coming out of the Sierra foothills. And I think it's just, you know, the gold that's in those hills, um, as well as coming out in the flavor profile of uh, our Sierra foothill wines. It's so interesting just picturing it and they're very, very different. What grows well? We're going to be tasting some wines and discussing the Cabernet Franc and uh, Zinfandel, but you also mentioned that your family was the first to plant Chardonnay in this area mm -hmm. uh, and you grow many grapes and you have a lot of land also. So uh, let's talk yeah. about that and what grows really well in the different areas. It's interesting because Lodi, um, there's a lot that grows great in Lodi. I mean, all sorts of agriculture, you name it. It's, it's the whole San Joaquin County or Valley is the breadbasket of the U.S. I mean, we supply so much food and crops throughout um, the U.S. and elsewhere for that matter. But in Lodi specifically, I mean, Lodi grows over 100 plus different varieties. You know, there's seven sub-appellations of Lodi. Um, we happen to grow in six of those seven. So for us, it allows us to have our Zinfandels planted more in the McCallamy River sub-AVA, or our Pinot Noir does great in the Jayhant sub-AVA, which tends to be closer to those Delta, to the Delta and the water. And, you know, the Cabernet, a lot of our Cabernet Sauvignon is maybe in the Clements Hills sub-AVA. And then we have some up in Slough House and Borden Ranch and some other areas. The Lodi Appalachian is a big Appalachian. Um, it actually produces more than Napa and Sonoma combined. But again, geographically, it's a it's a large Appalachian. And so I think that, you know, it does super well across the board with all varieties. Um, up in the Sierra foothills, you're getting a little bit, probably a little bit more uh, tannin structure, a little more intensity. And again, the difference is those soils, the vines are really struggling because they have to get in there. And so the focus obviously is on the fruit itself. 
One of the tenets that is very important to you is, is the issue of sustainability in your farming. You have a lot of land and you really work to make sure that you're doing the right thing for the land as you grow your grapes. Why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the developments that you've created at Ironstone? Yeah, well, it's sustainability is nothing new for us. I mean, where everybody's talking about sustainability these days and the importance of it, and it's incredibly important. The thing is, is that my father, you know, he grew through the book of hard knocks, basically. He learned by doing and he was out there. And so sustainability has always been important to him. For a while there, he was the president of the California State Board for Food and Agriculture. So he was going up and down the state, promoting agriculture, learning about agriculture and all the different commodities. Way back when he came across this really interesting program that they were doing in Citrus called the Integrated Pest Management Program. So he brought that back to Lodi and convinced some different growers to try this. And integrated pest management was about bringing in beneficial insects to combat the bad ones. And so they were doing that. He developed, um, he didn't develop, he brought in drip irrigation because back then they were doing, you know, rows or flooding or different ways that were, was wasting water. And so they brought in drip irrigation. And so today all of our vineyards are on drip. And you can also, in addition to, you know, precisely having the water go where it needs to go, you can also put any nutrients through there too. So drip irrigation was something, I mean, back in 1968, he won um, a Ford Foundation award about conservation and soil, soil conservation and everything. So that kind of tells you how long ago he was looking at that. We finally became certified sustainable in all of our vineyards about five years ago or so. Now we can show the certificate of something we'd always been doing, but that's important too. But, you know, everything from, you know, soil fertility programs, cover crops, uh, the drip irrigation, um, water management programs. And sustainability, the beautiful, the beautiful thing about sustainability is it takes into account your vineyard, but it also takes into account the vineyard, you know, the, the properties around you. So if there's a cornfield doing something, you're taking into account what's happening upstream. It also goes all the way into the winery and, you know, what you're doing with your employees and, you know, your work environment as well. So it really encompasses all sorts of aspects of, you know, what we should be doing. Well, and as stewards of the earth, which is what you are, you're helping for the greater good. Absolutely. By doing these amazing initiatives and developments and research. And, and what a wonderful tribute to your father to be recognized by the Ford Foundation. We know that uh, Ironstone also is a, a great destination to visit. Tell us about the visitor's experience for our listeners who may want to plan a trip. Oh, you know what? It's it's wonderful. It's a great weekend. Um, you could spend a week easily up in that area. The Ironstone Winery itself. I mean, we have obviously tasting plenty of plenty of wonderful wines to taste. Uh, there's a deli. We have a music room with a theater pipe organ in it. Uh, we have a museum. So the museum started out to be mostly gold artifacts. Um, again, coming from that that area. Uh, now there's a few other things in there. There's a jewelry shop there, but also encompassed in the in the museum is a 44 pound piece of gold, and it's a gold leaf crystalline specimen. 
And it was found about 15 miles from the winery on a vein that runs through the winery. And it was found by a mining company. And when the mining company was closing down, this piece was potentially destined to go to France. My parents caught wind of this and said, hold on, this is part of our area. It has to stay here. So they acquired it and um, picked away a lot of the rock with acid. They dip it in acid with dental picks, pick away the rock. So now the the gold leaf crystalline specimen um, sits at the winery. It's 44 pounds. It's on display uh, in a vault for anyone thinking anything crazy. So very secure. <laughs> it's an absolutely incredible piece. And I always explain it in a term that people who drink wine understand in that it stands about two and a half wine bottles tall and about six or eight wide. Definitely worth the visit. If you want to come in the summers, we do a great concert series and we have an outdoor amphitheater. We have uh, about 15 acres of gardens. You know, honestly, there's just so much to do. And it's it's a great family destination as well because you have so much history about the gold rush there too. Wow, Joan, that just sounds so amazing. We can't wait to visit. I mean, the the photos of this gold piece alone just blow us away. But you also struck gold with your amazing wines. And we have four in front of us to discuss in the Ironstone White Label and Black Label Reserve. Uh, Let's start with the uh, Cabernet Franc. We have a White Label 2021, and then we'll move on to the Black. We'll do it by variety. Okay, yeah. The the Cabernet Franc, um, the white label is all Lodi Appalachian. And these wines are really fun to try side by side because it really it really demonstrates the differences in the terroir. Um, the Lodi fruit tends to be, I would say, a little bit more juicy. Um, you'll get more cherry notes out of that wine. Uh, it has usually around five months or so combination of French and American oak. And we usually, you know, like any any wine or art piece, there's a blend in there. So they're always usually always have a blended of Cabernet Sauvignon or Merlot. And that varies by vintage, of course. But this Cabernet Franc is just I I love it because, you know, there's some Cabernet Franc that can maybe be a little bit on the green side. But because it's one of our last grapes to pick, it really ripens and fully develops and you just get really pretty um flavors throughout and it's the tannin structure is very soft and just i don't know just delicious is a great way to describe it whereas the the cabernet franc the reserve which is now sierra foothills estate grown fruit um is going to be more time in oak it's usually around that 12 months plus in oak barrels and it's a bigger structured wine it's got it's got nice full tannins, but they're the supple tannins. They're not the astringent tannins. So nice round mouthfeel. Um, you know, this one having a nice steak or grilled something with it is just wonderful. Um, but two, two completely different styles, which I personally like because everybody has different preferences to what they'd like to drink. And so you have two fabulous options here. Well, we tasted the uh, Cabernet Franc uh, Ironstone uh, 2021 last night. We had a 
kind of an interesting melange of black beans and chicken and onions. And it was like a homemade stew. It was very good. Very, very nice. And um, really terrific body to it and weight. Uh, let's talk about the Zinfandel. We've got old vine. Let's, we have a 2020 in the Ironstone white label. And then we have the reserve 2021. So a 2020 white label and 2021 reserve. Uh, and it's Zinfandel. So we're going a whole nother direction. And both of Absolutely. these are from Lodi. Yes. Yes. So first and foremost, Lodi is the self-proclaimed Zinfandel capital of the world. Right. Um, it grows 30, 30 plus percent of all Zinfandel comes from Lodi. There's a lot of old vines. And these two Zinfandels, both from Lodi, both a combination of two, three different vineyards, but different sites. So the white label, the vines are between 40 and 60 years old, um, whereas the reserve Zinfandel is between 60 and 80 years old. So they're all those like old kind of gnarly head trained vines. And the one thing I will say about our Zinfandels and the Zinfandels we like to produce is they all have a lot of finesse to them. Zinfandels can be pretty big, bold, in-your-face wines with higher alcohols. These don't have that. They're really... I think elegant, I realize I'm biased, but I think they're very elegant wines with a lot of finesse to them. And the alcohol is definitely in balance and in check. The first Zinfandel, the white label, well, is blended with some Petite Syrah. And it's going to have a lot of those kind of nice blackberry notes to it. It'll have a little bit of blueberry coming through from that Petite Syrah, which I find very pretty. Again, it's around those five months American and French oak, whereas the the reserve Zinfandel double that in oak time. So more of that 12 plus months, uh, a bit more structure to it, a bit more tannin, but again, not the astringent tannins, but the supple tannins. So both wonderful wines, but again, two different styles. You know, I said it earlier, but that's again, the beauty of wine. And the beauty with working with these varieties and these beautiful old vines, how special that is to have that opportunity. You uh, are very active in uh, global marketing and sales. Are you seeing a lot more people reaching for these beautiful red wines as you travel? I mean, are you seeing trends that reflect this? You know, it's interesting. Yeah, we we export our wines to around 50 countries worldwide. And so you do see the different trends in markets. California's quintessential grape is Zinfandel. So you do see it out there. Obviously, you see Primitivo coming out of Italy, but the styles are still different. Zinfandel is one of our best-selling wines internationally. You know, anywhere you go, Chardonnay and Cabernet are king. People know that. But Zinfandel does really well. And people, I think, really appreciate the style of it. And they just love the fact that it is Californian. And I think that makes it special. It is quintessential Californian. Speaking of quintessential, we want to note here that Ironstone Vineyards is distributed by Quintessential Wines, which is based in Napa. Uh, You've been with them for a very long time. And the website is Quintessential Wines. We also want to make sure that we put in that your website is ironstonevineyards.com because you can buy your wines anywhere in the United States and, of course, visit winery and of course get the chance to drink gold and see gold absolutely and you know what we love having guests visit the winery um it's definitely worth it and we encourage you know coming for the day coming for the weekend bringing your family bringing your friends 
there's just so much to do there. And it's a beautiful area as it is. You know, the town of Murphy's is a very quaint kind of gold rush town. And there's a lot to do and see all around that area. And so, like I said, we we definitely welcome anybody to, to come visit us in California any time of year, because we're not far from a ski resort. You know, so winter skiing or summer concerts or summer boating, it's kind of has everything. Well, California has everything in our book. We love California. Joan Kaltz, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you on the Connected Table Sips. Thank you for your time and your beautiful wines. Thank you very much. Hope to see you out here. Absolutely. Count on it. You've been listening to the Connected Table Sips with Melanie Young and David Ransom. To listen to more in-depth features with the movers and shakers who shape the wine, food, spirits, and hospitality industry, tune into our companion show, The Connected Table Live. You can tune into the live broadcast on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY Radio. Easy to find at www.w4cy.com. Or listen to all our shows anytime at iHeart.com and on the iHeart app. Connect with us on Twitter, at Connected Table, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram under The Connected Table. And remember, always stay insatiably curious. Mm-hmm.